decisions I block out the news Turn my back on religion Don't have no degree Somewhat naive I've made it this far on my own Lately these things are not getting me higher I lift up my head and the world is on fire Straight in my heart Fear in my bones And I just don't know what to say Baby, I'll My name is Blair. I'm glad you're uh, joining us, whether it's here or online at home. We're starting a new series on prayer, and uh, there's a reason for that. We just played you a secular song that has um, 
there are people in our culture who talk about prayer as if they have some um, form of relationship with it. And I fear that sometimes we have the same kind of relationship with it in the church. We have a sort of relationship with this. But there's some confusion that comes with our beliefs and our thoughts and the way we even engage prayer. And so I want to I take this series uh, to deal with that. Uh, in 2000, I, I took my first role in a, in a church. And the same year that I did that, a book on prayer came out that the church widely embraced. And uh, they were so excited about it. Some of you will remember this book. Many of you will not. Uh, it was a book called The Prayer of Jabez. And it was, it was widely read, widely talked about. People were very enthused by that. The, the premise of the book was based on one verse in the Bible. I'll, I'll put it up on the screen. You can take a look at it. Uh, and the premise of the book was that you should be reading this verse. Uh, apparently, I forgot to put it on the screen. It's okay. I'll tell you what it is. The prayer was, I want you to expand my territory, God, and bless my life. And at the end of the verse, it said, and God granted his prayer. And the writer of the book said that you should all be praying that prayer. And the reason you don't have blessings in your life is because you haven't said a prayer like this. And if you would say this prayer every day, you would have more. More of whatever you think a blessing is. More territory to influence, more money, more whatever you counted as a blessing, you would have more of purchased the book. Everybody was talking about it. I read it. And I felt like a fish out of water. I, I did not. I did not get it. All the excitement that everybody else had on this book did not land with me. I didn't know if I was broken, if I was messed up, if I just didn't understand stuff. But I just decided I was new in the ministry I had a lot of other stuff to focus on. I was just going to shut my mouth and focus on my role. And I thought, you know, this will go away. A couple years later, I um, experienced something in my life where I had a radical change in how I related to prayer, how I engaged prayer, and it had to do with two things. One... This book was still around. It had sold millions of copies. And uh, people were still engaged in talking about it. And they were writing reviews. They were writing reviews saying, I prayed this prayer. And this is what came about for me. And honestly, I looked at this and I was like, the only way to measure this prayer and say it's successful is if you had more. If you have more of whatever it is that you thought was a blessing, that prayer can only be successful if you have more. Problem for me was that year I had um, taken a trip with our church to an incredibly poor country where the name of Jesus was spreading like wildfire. 
through barriers and difficulties and all kinds of stuff. It was, it was countercultural for it to even be happening where we were at. And we were on the ground staying in people's homes that were barely homes. They were, fe- they were being so generous with food that I know that they were scraping by to give to me. I felt so guilty for it. I came home uh, from that trip having watched 17 and 18-year-olds go out and sacrifice everything for the name of Jesus. And it was working. Jesus was spreading throughout that country. And I came home just floored with how much I had. It was, it was that season in my life where I realized I was rich. Not just rich in relationships, flat out rich. If you have $4,300 to your name this year, you have more money than 50% of the people in the world. If you have a net worth of $93,000, you count all your assets, you put $93,000 together, you're in the top 10% in the world for wealth. I knew I was wealthy. And I came back to a church in America that was praying for more. I could not get comfortable with it. I, I, couldn't find, I couldn't find a way to join in with that. On top of that, I'd made another discovery about myself. I had said, uh, I grew up in the church, and I'd said my whole life that this, this thing that we have with God is about a relationship. It's not about rules. It's not about anything like that. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. Until I realized that I could find no signs of relationship in my own life. Like I started looking at people I had relationships with, and then I tried to find correlations of what I had with God. I had no emotional connection with God. It was about beliefs for me, what I believed, and getting it right. And uh, what happened was I tried to develop a picture so that I could understand exactly what I had with God. And this is the picture that I came up with. Um, God and I were neighbors. And every day, I would go over to God's house and knock on his front door, and he would open up, and I would ask him for stuff. Now, I wasn't praying the prayer of Jabez, but I might as well have been, because my whole relationship with God was, got a shovel I could use? Got some sugar today? Could you watch my kids? Could I use your car? Could I? Could I? Can I? Will you? That was the whole thing. I couldn't find anything else that I did with God. And the the thought came to my mind. If God were a normal person and he saw me come around the fence, would you answer the door? Now, I know God kept answering the door for me. But at some point, I wanted there to be more than just simply, will you give me what I want? And so I, I wrestled with what I was going to do. And I came up with a radical solution to where everybody around me was praying for more. I decided, I decided that I was going to take a year and my whole prayer life, I was never going to ask God for a thing. 
And in my mind, it would be this shocking picture where I would go over and knock on the door and God would open it up and I'd say, hey, how are you doing today? And he'd go, who are you? Like, what's happening here? This is not what I'm used to. This is not what I expect from you. And I, I thought, man, I've got to find a way to change this up really hard. I'm not going to ask for him to bless my food. I'm not, there's nothing I'm going to ask him for. I just want to relate, find a way to relate to God. By the way, this sounds really cool. Unless all you've done is ask for stuff and you still want to pray, there's a big gap as in what do I do? If, if I'm not going to ask for stuff, and I don't know how else to engage you, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to find my way through this? And I found myself really wrestling with what I should say, what the purpose of prayer was, what I was doing. It was all very frustrating to me. Um, I, had a, I had a really good experience over that time. But I'll tell you, I still think I struggle to have conversations about this topic of prayer. I still feel a little fish out of water when I do it. Because although the prayer of Jabez has faded into the background in the churches and engaging that the way they used to in the past, I still hear a lot of expectations from followers of Jesus that don't seem to fit what I see in the scriptures. I see a lot of discomfort with the concept of prayer, I'm so glad Luis was willing to be honest about that. His story, that sense of discomfort that he has, has become common, has become common in church. And so there's something missing, something going on, and I want to try to figure out a way to, to find our way through this, to give us a better way to engage this. It turns out, there are a lot of different ways to pray. They're all, I mean, they're all over the scripture. I just wasn't aware of them, wasn't paying attention enough to see them. They're there. They just need to be um, like brought to the forefront and engaged a little bit more. And, uh, and honestly, that's what I'm hoping to do today. Over the next week, I'm hoping to just tackle the idea, um, the next four weeks, the idea of prayer in a way that helps you start to practically take steps on this kind of stuff. Because it's, I think it's been odd for me to watch. Um, this is kind of, it's kind of a funny thing where there are people, there are people in our church who are like chatty Cathy's, jibber jabbers. Um, like, you know who they are. Don't, don't look around. Don't point. You have them in their head. That's enough. That's enough. And that person would say, I'm really uncomfortable praying right now. And my thought is, that's got to be the first time in their lives they don't know what to say. Like, that sounds impossible to me. And yet, with that area of our lives, it's become difficult. And so what I'm hoping to do is to talk about a bunch of different things over the course of this series that helps you to become comfortable with it. Today, what I want to do is I want to take you on a little bit of a journey that I went on almost 18 years ago when I decided, but I'm not recommending this, by the way. I'm not recommending that you go down the path where you say, I'm not going to ask God for anything for a year. But I did that um, because of, again, those two things that were happening in me at the time, and I was trying to figure out a way to react. 
And I want to I want to um, show you some of the other types of prayers that exist so that you have a category of it in your head. And then I'm going to try to find a way to let you practically engage some of those things. That's where we're going. OK, so um, some different types of prayer is where I want to start with today. And I want to show you the first one that I found that made it um, at least functional for me to, again, start engaging God because I just didn't know, if I'm not asking for stuff, what am I doing here? What are we doing? What's the purpose? What's the point? And this is the first one I found. And I want to uh, take you to uh, Psalm 148.13. It says this, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. Uh, this is not about whether God is exalted or has splendor, that's a fact. This is about whether you see it or not. And so the word that I want to use to describe this type of prayer is honor. And honoring God, and the way I'm going to kind of describe it here, is that you find a way to see the actions of God in your life. You see, you see him acting in your life through maybe your work. You see him acting in your life in your family, in your friendships, um, all over the place where you go, you see God at work in your life and around your life, and you identify the character that's driving his action. Why is he doing this? Man, he's a God of love. Why, he, why is he acting this way? He's a graceful God. He's a generous God. And you start to identify his character, and as you identify his character, you call it out. You almost have to go through your day with your radar on looking for what God might be up to and doing. Is he doing something in my friend's life? Why is he doing that? Because his character is such. I want to know what that character trait is. And I want to call it out. I, I made a small list of some things that this might cause you to do. It might cause you to recognize God as an artist, to recognize him as a judge that he's a creator, that he's a giver of mercy, that he's a bold defender, that he's a comforter, that he's a giver of faith. He's a God of hope. And I began to see the work of God in my life. And I can I tell you, um, it helped start to form a picture that I have for prayer these days. I even think the picture I have might be different than others. Again, it's part of the uncomfortableness I have. I often hear people, when they talk about prayer, they think this is something that you do that gets ushered into the throne room of God and your request gets made there. And God says yes or no based on his holiness. And I, I love that picture because I love the majesty, the holiness, the power of God in that setting. But from what I can tell in the text, God chose to come down, and he, he's not up there above, he's beside, he, he wants to walk, he wants to talk, he wants to learn, he wants me to engage him, and so if I could just pay attention, I would find he's right there in my life right now, and when I found that, it started to cause me to realize, man, there's more to this relationship than I knew because he is really involved in my life. And I started to honor God because of who he was. I know who you are. I could see you at work. I'm going to call this out. 
and, and I would express thankfulness for God's character. So that's, that's number one. You, you, I think you can do this. I think you could turn your radar on. Start looking for God at work. By the way, I have found this is really easy to do when life is going well. It's very difficult to do when life is going hard. But I've also discovered that if you practice this, when life is going hard, you can still find a way to find the actions of God in your life that cause you to honor him for who he is. So it's a practice thing. Uh, number two, so the first one is honor. Number two, I want to take you to Psalm 32, verse 5. And this is another form. This is not as much fun, but I, I did it. Uh, it says, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgive the guilt of my sin. I want to call this examine and confess. I examined my life and I confess. And I found that there were two um, really important things that kind of jump out of this word that he uses here. He says, I acknowledge. I acknowledge this. And in some cases, I think this acknowledgement thing, have you ever hid something from somebody that you cared about or loved? Like eventually it comes out. You hid it from a friend, you hid it from a relative, you hid it and maybe from a coworker, and then it comes out and it's a mess when it comes out. Because you'd had this thing that you did and you should have just been upfront about it, but you weren't and now things hit the fan. Well, it's kind of silly when we do that with each other it's even more ridiculous when we do that with God because he already knows. All you're doing is acknowledging what he's already aware of and engaging in that. But this part of acknowledge also is a second layer too because when you start to examine, when you open up yourself to say, God, is there anything that's in the way of me and you? Is there anything that's prohibiting us from engaging each other? God is faithful to reveal things that are going on in your life that you didn't know. You were blind to it. You didn't understand that. And all he wants you to do is acknowledge the reality of the situation. Hey, I'm going to reveal that this is going on. And I, and I want you to acknowledge it. By the way, did you, see, did you see how that verse ended? It was so powerful. One of the things that happens in the church is I talk to people who say, I prayed for forgiveness but I'm still walking around with a load of guilt in my mind or in my heart because of what I chose to do. The verse ended by saying, I forgive your guilt. Like, I, I want to take all of this away. But it starts by you acknowledging that he's capable of doing that. And so I would examine my life. And there's a lot of sections in scripture that call us to be honest about what's happening in our hearts. So that God can step in and do his healing work. So I would examine. Number three. Um, I would ask. By the way, I didn't for a year, but I'm not asking you to do this. This is a type of prayer. It's found all throughout the scriptures where you ask for help or you ask for needs. And we're going to spend a lot more time on this over the next few weeks as we get into this. But this is... Uh, a common thing, and it's so common, it's obvious that God has some expectation that you'll ask, and he doesn't have a problem with it. This is Psalm 107.6. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. 
I make, I make a heart cry to God. And he hears. And he steps up to deliver. And it is part of what he does. Um, and again, we'll talk about more of that um, in the following weeks. The fourth type of prayer I was really thrilled about to find because it fits my personality. And I, and I hadn't practiced it up until that point. And I felt like I really missed out on something important with God um, in my younger years. Let me read this verse. This is out of uh, Psalm 63. This is verse 6. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. This is not about insomnia. Uh, I, I want to call this reflection. I'm a very introspective person. And so uh, the quiet times I actually can embrace. I never considered that I would enter a quiet time for the sake of engaging God. And when I started doing it, some things changed. Because here's what I realized. I realized um, th this happens <laughs> This happens with my wife, right? She'll come to me and she'll say, you realize this isn't a relationship unless both of us are talking, right? And I'll be like, oh my word, I've got to start talking now? Because you're like, he doesn't shut up on stage. I know, but as soon as I'm off, I'm very quiet. Like, I can go home and go for a long period of time without ever using words. And I feel very comfortable with it. She does not love that. She loves words. She wants to be waves of words. And what I realized was that I think what was happening was God would have looked at me and said, listen, you know, in this relationship, it takes both of us talking. Did you realize I have some things to say too? And when I realized that I was never giving any kind of space for God to speak back to me, I started creating it through quiet times. How did I do that? I would get in my car and I would turn off the radio. Ooh, that is uncomfortable. And I would let, I would let that quiet time stir and I would just simply say, God, if there is something that I need to hear from you right now, I'm available. I am present. Go ahead. And it uh, doesn't always engage, but sometimes he uses my conscience, sometimes he uses a thought, sometimes he uses something else, and we'll begin a conversation based on something that God brings to my heart in that moment. I found that I can do this in the mornings when I wake up. If I wake up early and nobody else in the house is moving, I'll just stay quietly in bed and I'll say to God, hey, good morning. You have my full attention right now. Is there anything that you need to say to me. And I reflect. I'm just quiet. And I, I allow God the opportunity to speak into my life. I know it's awkward, but this is an attempt to give God your attention without any agenda. You're not trying to solve a problem. You're not dealing with a worry that you have. You're not trying to find a way to calm your mind. You are open to what God might have to say to you. And so you're just reflecting and quiet. Uh, the fifth one is thanksgiving. This one is uh, very well known. It's very well practiced in the church, I think. And I'm going to make the distinction between it and honor um, in a little way. This is Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. 
I would say this is not necessarily about finding God's character and praising for it. You can do that. I don't think that's a problem. But in this case, uh, what I'm suggesting is that God is already at work blessing your life. So when I came back and I heard people wanting more, more blessing, give me more, give me more, give me more, I already thought they were being loaded up with it. And maybe their eyes weren't open to all that God had been doing for them. And so this is an opportunity to say, listen, I want to find the stuff that you've already done or that you're doing in my life that I can count as a blessing, and I want to thank you for it. I want to thank you for the stuff, for the relationships, for the job, for what the, you have given me much. Thank you. And over and over, you find, again, this is one of those things where you can carry throughout your whole day as an, as an attitude of prayer where you're just looking. You're on the hunt to see what God might be doing that blesses your life, and you're going to call it out. And you're going to express a level of gratefulness for what God is doing for you. Now, um, the sixth one, I kind of... I'm stealing this one. I don't have an example for it, except I can tell you that it happens a lot in the scriptures, which is where I'm stealing it from. I'm stealing it from other people in the text. Even Jesus did this. They um, prayed using scripture. Uh, This is about finding a section of scripture that you engage with, that you connect with, that maybe you have questions about, and you start your conversation with God with that scripture. Hey, I'm going to talk to you about this. Uh, (laughs) Um, So I told you my wife wants me to talk. She'll come to me sometimes and say, okay, you've had your quiet time. Now talk to me. And I'll say, great. What do you want to talk about? And she'll say, anything. And I'll say, that's a bad idea. Like, I am not a shotgun of conversation. You got to aim me a little bit more than that. Give me something to talk about. Like, Provide something for me to engage because I'm just not going to go blah, 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 blah. Maybe I should try that. I don't think she would be satisfied, but I could pull off the blah, blah stuff, right? But, um, but this is what the scripture does is it gives you something to have a conversation about. I have this thought about this section of scripture. God, what do you think about it? Am I living this out in my life? I'd like to talk about this section of scripture, God. And you actually have something When people say, I don't know what to talk to God about, you have a whole book that you can engage and then go and start having conversations. Use it as the starter. Hey, this is really on my mind. I've been thinking about this section of scripture. Am am I, is it showing up in the way I live this out with my family? Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pray today and I'm just going to open up this psalm and I'm going to pray this. This is my prayer to you. Will you hear me? And it becomes a powerful tool that becomes a starter conversation for you. So, so here you have it. Um, I built a little acronym for you called HEARTS. And what, what happens is so many times we get in patterns of ruts with, with our prayer. And we say the same thing and we say the same things over and over and over again. And this little acronym is going to give you a chance to try to shake things up if you're willing to give it a shot. Now, here's here's what I have in mind. 
I asked them to hand out a dice to you today. You all got one. I'd love for you to go home and put it someplace on your counter, in your car, at your desk at work. Find a prominent place where you could put this. And once a day, I want you to pick up that dice and throw it. And where it drops, then I want you to go, okay, if it's a three, go H-E-A, ask. I'm going to ask God for help, for needs, for other people, for myself today. I'm going to ask God for stuff. And I'm going to really focus on that. And then the next day, I'm going to throw the dice, and it's going to come up a one, and I'm going to go, ooh, honor God, H-E-A-R-T. It's an H. It's honor. I'm going to try to find the character of God active in my life today, and I'm going to go on the hunt for that. And when I see it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him about it. I'm going to tell him, hey, I just found this going on. Thank you so much for being a gracious and kind God to me. Thank you for being active in my, the lives of these people that I work with. Thank you for, and you just have an attitude where it changes. And, and maybe, uh, maybe you throw the same one a couple days in a row, right? You, you throw E, you throw a two and it's an E, and you're like, okay, I'll examine my life. And the next day you throw an E and you're like, man, God, is there something going on that you want to talk to me about? Or you go, hey, maybe I'll re-roll it and I want to try something else. I don't care. The thought is to just change it up to just start exposing yourselves to different ways that you can engage and connect with God. Because here's what I believe. I believe we're living in some really messed up times where our ability to engage with each other and talk with each other in civil ways has gone out the door. It's become very difficult. And I'm convinced the solution for that is that God will change our hearts and our minds. I don't think there's a political solution. I think it is a spiritual one. And if you can open yourself up to engage your relationship with God by how you pray, he will be faithful. Because in that year where I did that, I found a relationship with God that I had not had up to that point that had more uh, meaning and depth than I had ever experienced. And it was because I finally saw who God, God for who he was. I was grateful for all that he was doing in my life. I realized that he had come down to partner with me. And instead of me asking God to come and join me in what I was doing, I was finally more interested in joining God in what he was doing. And the change of that um, altered my life. And it started by praying different. So I'm, I'm going to offer that up as an opportunity for you to start experimenting with this week. You have a dice, you have an acronym, you have some different ways to think about this. Will you <laughs> roll the dice and give it a shot? Let me pray for you. God, I'm really grateful for who you are. There is a lot of confusion about this idea of prayer, but it's really just common words common everyday stuff, engaging with almighty, powerful God who has interest in engaging with us. It's hard to fathom, but you've come down. You've wanted to walk with us. You've wanted to hear us. You've wanted to guide us. God, you want to forgive us. I ask that we would Embrace this relationship that you offer fully. 
May it change the way we pray. In Jesus' name.